Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Zoltan podcast. I am here to preview the Buffalo Bills fantasy season, and I'm joined here once again by Jeremy, the resident Bills fan. How's it going? It's going, you know, I'm excited, you know, anytime I can hop on a podcast and talk about the hometown team, you know, you know, I'm excited. Just always makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've loved having the different perspectives of, uh, you know, uh, all of us analysts like to like to follow all 32 teams equally, but everyone has their favorite children. So it's always nice to uh, get that extra bit of attention from someone who really knows the team. Uh, I want to start off by talking about James Cook, uh, because one of my guests, Dynasty X Factor, Dynasty Jacobian, who's been on this podcast a whole bunch, is the world's biggest James Cook fan, and he has been trying to sell me for a while. I need a different voice to tell me why James Cook is the next breakout running back and why he's so underpriced. So what do you foresee this season from James Cook and, and sell me on his upside? Yeah, I mean, I think with James Cook, the – the issue I have at least tend to see, um, whether that's on Twitter, um, and I'm not saying it's the way that you look at it, um, but it's just going to be that I think a lot of people anticipate him being more of just a pass catching running back as opposed to honestly, like the three down running back that I think the Bills are going to use him like. Um, a lot of people have too much confidence in Damian Harris. Um, Damian Harris is a is a solid running back. I'll say this. He's been productive for the Patriots over the past few years. I'm very good in the red zone and kind of that short yardage type of runner. Um, but James Cook has also been very good um, in somewhatly of those roles for his size. Um, he's just a very good interior runner, and it doesn't come the same way that Damian Harris does it. Damian Harris obviously has that power side to him a little bit more. James Cook just has that elusiveness and that quick step that allows him to kind of win on the inside. Um but for me, I really think that people are overlooking what Cook's role is going to be. I think that there's a lot of people that anticipate this being a 50-50 split, or they anticipate Harris seeing more of the work. And then they're saying, well, the Bills just don't pass to running backs, or they don't really hand off to him. Um, but we have to remember that Devin Singletary has been a top 24 running back in back-to-back seasons um, for the Bills. And Devin Singletary is, I would say, you know, a third the athlete that, James Cook is, you know, maybe maybe he's two thirds an athlete of what James Cook is because Singletary is very good, but Singletary yeah. doesn't have that explosiveness. Um, he doesn't have the same pass catching abilities or the route running abilities that James Cook has that I think can really unlock this offensive run game he, that kind he, of is predicated. He has the same he has the same lateral agility, but doesn't have the burst or the long speed to take advantage of it when he opens up. Opens up Correct. Like and that. that and that's the that's the big thing. You know, a lot of people are saying the touchdowns won't be there for James Cook in 2023. Um, but we have to remember that there were a lot of times that Devin Singletary got loose and just didn't have the speed to get to the end zone. Um, so for me, I think that where James Cook's touchdowns are going to come from, yeah, they might not come from inside the five, but he's going to rip off a 40 yard touchdown run in this offense, the way that it's built and this run game works. Um, it would be probably more, you know outside the 20 type of touchdowns or you'll get the 20 or 15 yard type of runs that you'll see the touchdowns come from from James Cook um, as well as in the passing game I think you'll see a little bit more now do I think he's going to be a top 12 running back no I the ceiling's probably not there Um, but I do think that his 5.7 yards per carry will go down Um, that's a, a crazy number to 
handle um, if he sees a, a more significant workload. But we've already heard it from Ken Dorsey kind of in early parts here of training camp. Like they believe James Cook is a three down running back. Yeah. Um, and I do think that Damian Harris and Latavius Murray were kind of brought in more so for camp bodies, but now Naeem Hines being kind of removed from the team um, with his off off the field issue injury. Um, I think that both those guys do probably make the team, um, but I think they're more of just a, a security factor. You know, I mean, it's the day and age now where you see a lot of these teams just adding a ton of running backs because it is one of those positions that injuries occur and you don't want to get caught without a decent one. Um, and I do think Harris sees some touches. You know, I think that this split will be very similar to what Singletary and Cook were last year. Um, and that's not even close to 50-50. So for me, I think that it's going to come mostly probably in PPR and half PPR where, where Cook's value is because he's going to see some some receiving work. Um, but I just think with a relatively efficient type of runner that that James Cook is and how he fits this kind of interior type perimeter zone style blocking that the Bills are going to run. Um, I think that it's going to be that kind of perfect marriage that kind of sees James Cook produce a lot more bigger type of plays than what Devin Singletary could have given them um, and just kind of give you that, you know, mid RB2 type of season. Yeah, and I, and I currently have put him projected only a little bit below that as a as a kind of low end RB two, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is touchdown based. So I, I'm projected for 150 rush attempts, uh, 50 uh, receptions, and about seven touchdowns. If that goes up to 11 or 12 touchdowns, all of a sudden he's a high end RB two, and and I can't mm-hmm. see the path for him. I, I I still feel that Damian Harris and Latavius Murray will get a role just because James Cook has never handled more than 150 touches in a season. Um, I think he's only had more than 15 touches in a game once going back to high school. So it will be new for him. And I don't think you can just chalk up 20 touches a week from, from week one and have that last. But I do think that he does have some upside. Um, and at his dynasty value, which is basically uh, RB30, RB32, uh, I do think he's a pretty solid value there. Let's talk about the pass game, because part of the reason that I don't have James Cook projected for a whole lot of attempts is because I think that Buffalo Bills are going to continue to pass a lot. Um, That opens up the option for who is the third or maybe second option in the passing game. Um, And in particular, I want to get your opinion on Dalton Kincaid, who I've been very high on from a dynasty perspective. From a redraft perspective, I would say I am cautiously slash not so cautiously optimistic you probably you, you might think it's a little optimistic i've been Kate projected for 54 catches 640 yards and seven touchdowns um what do you think is the role of kind of the third pass catcher in the system because we did see a few slot wide receivers leave trent shirtfield came in but it seems like uh the bills might be playing with two tight ends more yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's overzealous, honestly, with Dalton Kincaid. I, I'm kind of in on Kincaid just because of how it seems like they're going to use him. And, and the early onset here from camp and everything does seem like he's going to be a little bit more of a receiver than a tight end. Um, yeah. And I've talked about this on our FTN Dynasty podcast with Adam, who's also a Bills fan. Like, we, we tend to joke because our podcast always turns into something about the Bills. But, like, it's... I think a team that wants to go a lot more to 12, like I don't think they're going to run 12 personnel at the highest rate in the NFL by any means, but I do think with how the offense 
and how they took an attack the offseason last year with the signing of OJ Howard. They went out and they brought in Quentin uh, Morris as a undrafted free agent last season. And I, I feel like they were trying to lean on a 12 personnel package, at least have that in their arsenal um, to kind of change things up a little bit. And with OJ Howard not working out, I feel like they kind of got caught in a situation where they didn't have the personnel or the path packages and the players to execute what they wanted. And that's where it kind of turned into backyard football. If I watched a lot of the bills games. That's kind of how it felt. It kind of felt like, Hey, Josh, go make a play. And then Josh got hurt. And then Gabe Davis got hurt. Like it just kind of was like, just kind of just messy all around in Dorsey's first season. Um, and I do think that this move here was kind of one of those, we need a pass catching weapon. Um, I don't know if Kincaid was necessarily always their target. I do think they may have been targeting a receiver. And I think that run in the draft kind of was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess we're going to go with the next best option, which is Kincaid who is arguably was a receiver um, for Utah with how good he was after the catch, as well as just at the point of catch point. So, I do think Kincaid's used heavily. Um, I've mentioned it too, where I kind of think that this could be a potential like that Evan Ingram type of style rookie season out of him. Um, I do think that both of them are on the field a lot. uh, And I do think Kincaid kind of handles that role. I think Sherfield will see some work. I think Deontay Hardy will see some work. Deontay Hardy kind of feels like a guy that doesn't get much mention. Um, Khalil Shakir will probably see it. I still think you see the four personnel, you know. Um, I just do think that, the only way a third passing option really emerges as a consistent fantasy producer is if it's going to be Knox or it's going to be Kincaid. And I lean towards Kincaid just because I do think that he'll probably be on the field a lot more than we think. Um, But Knox is going to be out there too. I think that, like I said, we'll see a a bigger, a much higher percentage of 12 personnel than what the bills have run in the last few seasons. Yeah. And and I'm projecting something similar there. Um, I, I, I think you know, there is a ceiling higher than this for Kincaid. It's probably after year one, but he was so successful in the slot and so good over the middle of the field for Utah. I like he was the most impressive mm-hmm. receiver at the catch point, including wide receivers coming out of this past year's draft. Um, his body control is awesome and he's getting a lot of hype out of camp, which doesn't mean a lot, but certainly doesn't hurt. So I'm, I'm right there with you for Kincaid. Um, I, I think he's going to be awesome this year. Uh, my projections only have them at 60% uh, route participation, which I don't think is that high. And it still has him getting to be a top 10 tight end. So I do think that is within his range of outcomes. Um, does anything, I think oh, it's go ahead. fair to like keep that down, like where you have it though, because the bills yeah. are like very notorious um, for not using their rookies. Um, so if they do use Kincaid at much higher than that, I would be kind of surprised. I yeah. kind of am it's weird because I like I would be surprised, but I'm also anticipating it just because they just are in such a need for that third pass catching option. And Kincaid's really going to be outside of Deontay Hardy, like their best after the catch guy. Like they were so bad after the catch last year, as far as when you look across the landscape of the NFL, that they really need that. And it's going to be Kincaid and Deontay Hardy as well as James Cook. I feel like that's your answer to that because um, Davis doesn't give you a ton and Diggs doesn't even give you a ton after the catch. You know, they kind of just win before it and then they kind of get down or they get you a couple extra here or there where I think they're going to hope for Kincaid and Hardy to kind of handle the middle of the field so I think both of those guys are kind of guys you should be looking at as potentials to kind of emerge um, a little bit more ahead of some of these other guys yeah no and that's that's good intel on on Hardy I'm definitely 
thought that Trent Sherfield was the third option there, but I've actually loved what I've seen from Deontay Hardy at times. He's flashed big play potential. So, you know, I, I could see him being a useful best ball option, kind of like Isaiah McKenzie was last season if he gets a lot of that mm-hmm. role. Um, what else stands out to you about my projection? So d- just to go through some of the other players, I have Josh Allen as QB2, ho-hum, 26 points a game. Uh, Stephon Diggs, I have him at 20 points per game. I see no reason why he won't be awesome. I have Gabe Davis kind of at that wide receiver 3-4 border, and, and those are my only relevant players we haven't talked about yet. Um, yeah, I would say Davis is potentially a little bit low. Um, last year, I was kind of one of those people that was down on Gabe Davis. This year, I, I do think that 11-4 is probably in the wheelhouse. Um, I just think he could be a little bit higher finish than 36. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he did have an ankle injury last year, and then Josh's UCL injury really hurt Davis because Davis is kind of that field stretcher. Um, as well as kind of doesn't create a ton of separation. And Josh didn't have the velocity on the ball to make a lot of those throws um, that he traditionally makes into tighter windows. Um, So I don't think that it really unlocked Davis as much as we hoped. But I also do think that although I have high hopes for Sherfield and Hardy um, and Cook, as well as Kincaid, I do think Davis is still the clear two in this offense. So I do think that he might, again, be a little bit higher. I think he pushes closer to that thousand yards as well as he's just going to have the touchdowns again. Like, I feel like he's their red zone guy. It's going to be Davis and it's going to be Sherfield probably see some of that. Um, and, and Kincaid, obviously, if Kincaid really emerges, it could be him down the seam a little bit better. Um, it's going to be really tough because those two guys are very similar as far as like their red zone prediction would probably go. Yeah. But I think ultimately it just unlocks a lot of these guys. And I think you're going to see some pretty even production across the board when it comes to touchdowns this year. So that's where I could see it being a little bit higher. Like I think you got him at what is it two or am I reading that wrong? No, you have uh, no I, I am at nine touchdowns for okay. Dave Davis. Yeah. I was reading that wrong. Um, yeah. Maybe that's a little bit safer. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but, but I think but he gets bit. like closer to the thousand. Maybe pushes closer to maybe a little twelve points. Yeah, per I, maybe I, not I, much more, but I, like just kind of a little bit higher than thirty six. I think he'll be a wide receiver, low end wide receiver two ish. Yeah, I, or, I only had no, Gabe Davis at fifty. I only have Gabe Davis at fifty three catches, but I did have yeah. like eight eight hundred fifty yards and nine touchdowns. I think I think his big playability yeah. is going to yeah. come back, especially with. Uh, with Kincaid, you know, maybe we're taking over uh, some more of that, like, 20-yard deep intermediate level throws. Um, let's move on to the lightning round. Who is the best dynasty value on this team? Dynasty value. I'm going to say James Cook. Yeah, and, and definitely if, you know, if, if he's able to get 190, 200 attempts plus another 50-plus catches, that, that'll definitely be the case. Uh, who's the worst dynasty value? Gabe Davis. Yeah, I, I, I think so too. Is that just because you, I mean, if you have him close to a thousand yards, do you just think he's not going to get a second contract or what? what's the reason? I just think that when you really look at this team, like Josh Allen's not the worst. Like, I mean, he's going to be top two quarterback. 
digs his digs. Like he's not gonna, he's a top 10 guy. Like he gets yeah. his get like Kincaid still up and coming. Like he has such a high ceiling. Knox is so cheap now. Like you can't say that it's a bad value. It's actually probably a good value with Dawson Knox. Cause if he's out there a lot, you could probably get him for almost free at this point. And then the That's rest actually... of the receivers are like the rest yeah, of the receivers are free. Like, you know what I mean? Like Gabe Davis is the only one that probably costs the most that probably like he might return what you, you have to invest in him, but like out of the rest of them, like I, he's probably the worst that you're looking to acquire, I guess we would say. Yeah. That's where no, I'm I definitely, looking at for that. I definitely agree with that. Um, are there any uh, deep uh, dynasty, any player that might be on waivers in a deep dynasty league that you should pick up? I like Deontay Hardy. Like I said a little bit earlier, I, I think yeah, there's I think been some one. drum beef for him. I don't think he's going to be a weekly guy. Um, but I think he's probably out on waivers pretty cheap. And I could see a, a potential where, like you mentioned, Isaiah McKenzie role um, with like an upside of maybe half of what Cole Beasley used to be, you know, like he's never going to get to that, but I yeah. mean, you could see, you know, I don't know, 60, 70 targets maybe in the year, give you a couple weeks here or there of good production. If he gets into the end zone, um, just because of his ability after the catch, I think that the bills are really needing. Um, and if they, they, like slowly bring Kincaid in. I could see him being a little bit heavier involved for the earlier portion of the year and still kind of give you some love. Um, yeah. At, again, uh, at, at wide receiver 106 on underdog in the best ball format, I, I think that's a pretty good shot to take in, in a Josh Allen offense, especially if one of the top, you know, two or three guys were to go down and, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's playing 80% routes, he's going to, you know, fall into six or seven touchdowns at least. Yeah, because I just feel like Sherfield's like Gabe Davis replacement, personally. Yeah. I think that's kind of where he is going to fall into this. If Davis gets hurt, he can kind of fill that role, um, where Hardy's a little bit more unique to what he's probably going to be doing. What's your prediction for the win-loss record? Oh, boy. I'll say 13-4. and Nice. I, uh... I, I don't like that as a Pats fan, but it's uh, it's it's a good it's a good prediction. I just uh, I just still don't see like I I get it I get the hype and I I know that the EAFC East is getting better. Their schedule is tough, but I just still think that there's a lot of people discrediting just how good this team is. Like last year, there's a lot of people hurt, and they still managed to to do what they did. So I think that this team takes a step forward, a little bit better on defense. Um, Trey White's back healthy carry them in year two. You got Micah Hyde back. You got Jordan Poyer. You've got – they went out and got, you know, a ton of guys on the defensive line. Hopefully Vaughn Miller makes it back sooner than later. I think I think this team could be a little bit, quote-unquote, sleeperish just because so many people are pushing towards, like, the Jets and the Dolphins and the likes of, you know, Burrow and the Bengals and stuff like that. So, Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and finally, do you have any questions for me? Hmm. Do I? Did I convince you on James Cook? You did tell me before the show that you needed convincing. Was it convincing uh, enough? If not, we could keep going. No. I, I, I see it's, it's a tough situation because I don't think that there's enough quantity of film out there. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think that the, like, he had really good efficiency metrics last season, but it was in like 89 carries. Most of them were against light boxes out of the shotgun. 
Um, yeah, it, it's a good sign. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like his college profile was so bad. And the fact that the bills, you know, picked him and put faith in him and gave him high draft capital that, that that's meaningful. And the fact he did pretty well last year is meaningful, but I, I need to see him, you know, get 18 touches in a game and continue to be the sufficient and in general, just put more on paper and on film before I'm quite ready. But mm-hmm. I think that he's like efficiently priced, if not on the cheaper side for what he can be, because from a dynasty perspective, he could easily be worth, you know, a late first round pick in three weeks if he has a good start to the season. Like that's that's all it would take. And right now he's being priced as the RB28 in the middle round nine. Like, for instance, around him, I prefer him to Alexander Madison. I prefer him to Aaron Jones, Zach Charbonnet, Isaiah Pacheco, David Montgomery. Where I don't prefer him is to like Devon Chain and Rashad White and Cam Akers. So I guess I have him at like the RB24. So I'm, I'm higher on him than consensus, just not like totally ready yet. No, I get it. And that's the thing is it's – there isn't a lot, like you said, like even at Georgia, like when I was doing the scouting report and stuff on him prior to it, I didn't love James Cook. He was kind of like in my middle tiers. Um, I just think that the fit for this offense is is really good just because it yeah. is going to be that explosiveness. And I just watching every game because, you know, I'm a Bills fan. Like I, I live here and watch through the pains and the goods. Um, but there was there's so many runs where Devin Singletary gets loose and just didn't have the speed to outrun a defender to take it to the house, you know? Um, And it's just a lot of these bigger plays that were missing in the run game. I think he can give them. Um, And like you said, that is the big question. You know, can he handle more than 18 touches a game, but in his limited size, I know last year, I think it was only one or two games. He had over 12 points, but he was like a top 15 running back in both of those games that he had more than 12 touches. So that, I don't know if he's going to need that much to be very good. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like he could be like the DeAndre Swift or like of this offense where it's kind of like a low touch count, but each play is just so explosive just because they is going to be facing so many light boxes. They may run it out of the shotgun. Like you said, that kind of an interior zone um, that he's so good at that. I think that that's where you're going to see the success um, a little bit more based on just keeping a fairly high um, yards per touch, as well as kind of finding the end zone here or there. I think it's just going to kind of what's going to push him up there. I I really do think that there's a ceiling that he's like a top 15 guy at some point. Um, It's just seeing if he can handle that workload, like you said, you know? So for me, I feel like I'm, I'm low in my own prediction on him, sitting him at like RB 20 in my personal opinion, just because I, I do think there's a path, for him to get higher. It just really depends on what this Dorsey offense looks like that we really don't know what it's going to look like. Like last year, like I said, I feel like they got stuck out of their personnel groupings. So I just think that there's a higher ceiling that people want to give him credit for. Yeah, so. totally. I, I, I definitely can see a, see a world where that happens. And, and that immediate ceiling is important when factoring in, you know, a, a medium value in dynasty. Um, why don't you uh, tell us uh, what type of work you've been up to? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much pumping out all sorts of content over at ftnfantasy.com. Um, I have weekly Dynasty Stock Watch articles, um, Pope's Pick 6 articles, which are kind of a little bit more towards the 24-25 class, a little bit kind of Devi stuff um, mixed in there weekly, as well as uh, I did just release my pre-2024 
Superflex rankings article, um, kind of formatting where I think some of these these guys are going to be, uh, as well as I'm pumping out a ton of 2024 scouting reports starting now um, throughout the season, kind of getting an early jump on the rookie stuff. Um, and then obviously I'm going to be pumping out rankings and uh, some redraft stuff as well because redraft's always fun too. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, uh, thanks again for coming on the pod. This uh, was the preview for uh, the Buffalo Bills. And uh, we'll be back with another episode of the Dynasty's Ultron podcast soon.